the whole idea of making 2022 great. Will you say that with me? Make it great. Make it great. Will you turn to somebody beside you and say, we're going to make it great. Make it great. Welcome to all of you that are here on this holiday uh, Sunday, the, the first Sunday of the new year. And thank God for you. You have chosen to make this first Sunday the right Sunday and to start the new year the right way. Welcome to all of you that are online. We're just so anxious uh, to be able to worship the Lord today and we welcome you. Let's give our online audience a hand and let them know that we are grateful for them. All right, I want you to know that as we begin, uh, that this is going to be a great day. And so uh, there's going to be coffee and donuts. There has been. There will be coffee and donuts after service. You say, well, I, I have to eat lunch. There's always room for a donut. Always room for a donut. And just try to fellowship a little bit with others, but we are happy you're here. Let's open this service with prayer. Stand with me, and then let's begin with this first year, the first Sunday of a new year, and begin it with praise. Father, we thank you for your hand of, of blessing and protection and provision that has blessed us through thus far. Now I pray as we begin a new year, help us truly to make it great in the sight of the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.
sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope but no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested, my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remained My orphan heart was given My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested, my life began Oh, so free, washes I'm a
What a wonderful promise. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you hope and to prosper you and not to harm you. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Well, today is the first day of a new year. 2022. It's kind of hard to learn to say that after for so long we were saying 2021. But this is the first day of a new year. And a new year is always a time where we begin to think about uh, hope and we begin to think about resolutions and we begin to think about uh, dreams and our dreams begin to flourish again. And uh, usually these kind of feelings last for two weeks. <laughs> and then we go back to being the way we were and hoping and praying that 2023 will come quickly. But this is 2022, and in discussion with some friends this week, we were talking about the different ways that people celebrate the new year. And I just wonder, as we begin here today, how many of you either this year, well, let's start with this year, that you brave the cold somewhere and went out and stood with a crowd and watch something drop, whether it was a ball or a guitar or a firework or whatever. How many went out and braved the cold to do that? No one. All right. How many of you have ever done that in your life? Oh, one or two. Okay. Well, we got a few more that uh, at one time or another they did it. Okay. Then there are some people who attend New Year's parties. Could be with friends, office, whatever. How many of you went to a New Year's party this year? Oh, we have two. Okay, all right. So then, this will, will take you back a bit. Remember the old watch night services? Oh, yeah. I mean, we would start at 9 o'clock at night, Right? And we would go till midnight. I remember one service, and I think it was at the, our Lock Avenue Church. We had five different preachers. Whoa, now that's a lot of preachers for one night. Uh, and they called it, uh, you know, a, a preacher's rotation or a platform service or whatever. And all the preachers were supposed to take five minutes. How many of you think they all took five minutes? Uh, that is absolutely not going to happen. And then... Right about five till, they would all get together, we'd all get on our knees, and we'd pray the new year in. How many remember services like that? All right, how we remember it. How many prayed the new year in this year? Two. That's good. Okay. Thank you for praying the new year in. I want you to know that. That's a, that's a very important thing. Now, there are some people who just spend a quiet night at home, but they stay up to watch the ball drop in New York, okay? How many did that? Oh, my wife and I did that, so okay, all right. I don't know what the special significance of it is, but uh, that's what we do. Then we were talking to my mother-in-law this, this week, 
yesterday, in fact, and she said, I went to bed, and I slept the new year in. How many slept the new year in? Oh, yes. It's getting closer and closer to the things that we're doing, aren't we? We're, we're sleeping the new year in. And then there are some people who just spent a quiet evening with a special friend or a spouse or someone that you loved, just a quiet night to end the old year. You didn't have to stay up till midnight, but you just spent a quiet night with someone who is special to you. Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, there's a lot of different ways to celebrate the new year. But let me tell you, we are at the point of a new year. And before us stretches a whole new year. And I want you to know that we can make this year a great year. If we can make the right choices, if we allow God to do his work, I believe that we can see this year become a great year. And let me just say, let me be the first one from a live platform to wish you a happy new year. And I hope that it becomes a year that is better and a year that is greater than you've ever known. Will you turn to somebody and said, happy new year, and say it like you mean it, happy new year. And I want this year to be a wonderful year for you. So as we begin this new year, I've been thinking a great deal about this service for some weeks. And what I want to do is to make this a theme for this year. And that theme is make 2022 great. Will you say that with me? Make 2022 great. Now, I want to hasten to say this has nothing to do with politics. And everybody said, amen. This has nothing to do with presidential candidates. And everybody says, amen. This has everything to do with what God wants to do in your life. Our general superintendent, Mike Holbrook, who is a dear friend, and you have heard me allude to this different times when I have, I have spoken to you, that for the last three years, he has been saying to our denomination that God has placed on his heart that he wants our denomination to become a great commission movement, which that means that we are focused on reaching lost people for Christ. It means that we are focused on the great commandment. It means that we are focused on becoming great as the Lord would have us to become great. He has used uh, the word great as an acrostic, and what that means is that he's put a word out beside each one. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to look at this acrostic. And he says, if we're going to be a great denomination, that first of all, the G stands for grow. We're going to have to grow as individuals, and we're going to have to grow as a church and as a people. Secondly, he uses the, the letter R and says that we need to become great in our relationships 
We'll talk about that next week. Great in our relationships. And God intends for us to be great in relationships. The third is equipping. And, and I'm using this to a, a, that our church would equip and you could be equipped to do something great in your ministry. You say, well, I don't even have a ministry. Before the month's over, we hope that all of you have found something that God is saying, I want you to be involved in ministry. And we as the church leadership take on ourselves and take on our shoulders the responsibility and the joy of equipping you uh, to be great in your ministry. Uh, the A, he uses it for assimilation. That means that we want you to become a part of our church family. Not just attend, but we want you to feel like you belong here. Turn to somebody and just say, you belong here. I want you to know that's really true. You belong here. You are part of the family. If God has led you here, and there are people by the hundreds that are just beyond our reach, that God wants to become part of our church family. I'm going to say something on the first Sunday of, of 2022, but I believe this. I believe there are a thousand people in this city of Columbus that needs to be a part of this church family. Amen? A thousand people. Say, well, we can't even hold a thousand people. We'll figure it out. You don't, don't worry. I, I believe and I want you to know that. I want to put that in your mind and in your heart. That we are not just talking about uh, a few of us gathering here and, and holding on and saying, uh, uh, pray for me when it goes well with you and, and, and hold the fort. And, and, you know, hold the fort for I am coming. No, this is storm the fort for Jesus is coming. And I believe that in my heart, I don't know how we'll do it, don't know how all it's going to happen, but I know that within a general vicinity of this church, you say, well, you got leave a mark down the road. God bless them. I hope they have more than that. And then we've got other churches here, and we've got other churches here. God bless them. I hope they all reach them. There are a thousand people in this community that God wants to come to this church, and no matter how big other churches get or how small other churches get, it doesn't matter. I believe there are a thousand people that God wants to make a part of this church family. And then finally, the T stands for teaching and preaching, and it means growing great in the teaching of the Lord. We are as a church, and, and, and I want you to know, I am challenging you. I am challenging you with all my heart. I believe that God wants us to become a great church. And God wants us to become great Christians. And I want to read this, and I think it'll be up on the screen. And every time that you see the word great, I want you to say it with me. Yes, it's right there. And every time you see the word great, say the word great and the word that follows after it. We are facing challenging times, but we serve, say it, a great God who has called Capital City to become a great church made up of people who have committed to become great 
Christians, in order to become part of a great movement that will impact the world. This morning, I'm challenging you, both individually and collectively, to make 2022 a great, great year. You see, the Bible has a lot to say about growing. And the first G, when we talk about this matter of becoming great, the G stands for grow. God wants us to grow. If we're going to become a great Christian, if we're going to become great uh, before the Lord, uh, we need to understand growth. Now, I'm going to take this word great, and I'm going to make this word the word that I have for my own heart this year. And I was talking to my wife and, and mother-in-law about it yesterday when we were visiting, and my wife asked the question. She's always very uh, insightful. She said, well, what does great mean? And I said, well, great means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Well, she got out the dictionary on her phone, and she said, what great means is it's above the average and, and doing better than the average. Yeah, I think that's right. But I said, Connie, there's another word that has been in my heart. When I talk about making 2022 a great year, when I'm talking about you becoming a great Christian, when I'm talking about you becoming great, there is one verse of Scripture, and it talks about John the Baptist, and here's what it says. When the angel was announcing the birth of John the Baptist, the angel said this to Elizabeth. He shall be great. You remember what the rest of it is? In the sight of the Lord. I want you to know, I don't want you to be great because you're greater than someone else. God doesn't care about that. I don't want this church to be great because we can say, well, look here, we got more than you do. That's silly. But I tell you what I do want us to do. I want us to become great in the sight of the Lord. If we become great in the sight of the Lord, something amazing is going to happen. If you determine you're going to become great in the sight of the Lord, something amazing will happen in your life and in our lives together. I want you to read, you can read along with me that we are going to begin in reading in 2 Peter chapter 1 because we're talking about if we're going to start with and make this year a great year, it starts out with the letter G and that's for grow. Say it with me, grow. G, a great year starts or a great person starts with grow. And God has a lot to say about growth. Let's begin in 2 Peter chapter 1. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who share, I want you to notice these words, the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace, notice those words, as you grow in your knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
And then it talks about growing in faith. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given, notice these words, great and precious promises. These promises enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement or add to your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Notice this verse. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the question becomes, well, David, as we begin this new year, why should I be concerned about growing in my faith? And I'm glad you asked, even if you didn't. The first reason is found in verse number one. We need to be concerned about growing in our faith because we have been given a precious faith. A precious faith. And we should not come to to take this for granted. We should not come to just think this as commonplace. We should not come to think that this faith that we enjoy is just something that we have and it's a tradition that we do or we look beyond it. This is a precious faith. A faith that was made possible only by the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This faith was made possible because others in previous generations have literally sacrificed and shared the word and some of them have given their lives so that we can have this faith. I saw a beautiful picture on, on Twitter, I think it was, the, during the holidays, just before Christmas, and it showed the picture of our World War II troops that were in the Battle of the Bulge and they were marching in the snow and, and marching in the cold And it said, this Christmas in 1944 made your Christmas possible in 2020. And I thought, that is so true. Can we give it up for our veterans here today and just say thank you? I want to tell you, we have been given a precious faith, a precious faith that saw our forefathers through. We used to sing the old song, give me that old-time religion. Remember that song? Give me that old-time religion. It It did for our fathers. It worked for our fathers. And then it comes down, it will do when I am dying. It will do when I am dying. Give me that old time religion. We have a precious faith. And I want you to know that as you go into 2022, this precious faith will see you through 
whatever the year brings, if it brings hardship, if it brings difficulty, if it brings adversity, if it brings prosperity, whatever it brings, this precious faith will see you through. And there, that's the reason why we sh cannot become nonchalant about our faith. We can't just simply uh, look aside and say, well, thank God that's there. But, uh, uh, you know, I want to grow. I want to become great. And I want to become great, first of all, by growing in my faith. Secondly, I want you to know it's found in, in verse uh, number two, where it says that as we grow, this is still verse number one, I'm sorry. As we grow, God gives us more grace and more peace. Do you desire more grace to live effectively in Christ this year? I want to say and begin with me by saying, Amen, Lord. I need more grace. Do you want more peace in a world that's filled with chaos and fear and filled with all kinds of things and you never know what's going to happen with COVID? You never know what's going to happen in the world. You never know what's going to happen in your neighborhood. You never know what's going to happen politically or any other way. But here's the promise of God. As you grow in your faith, God gives you more grace and more peace oh bless the Lord and then we go a little further that we ought to be interested in growing in our faith because God has given us everything we need everything we need in verse 3 God has given to us what do you need God has given it to us. What do we need to do? God has given it to us. Everything we need. Say it with me. Everything we need. What do you think everything means? Everything we need. Then we need to go a little further. We have been given, we need to grow in our faith because we've been given great and precious promises. Do you know how many promises are in God's word? I honestly cannot remember who it was I was talking to. But it was someone who had served on a mission field. It might have been Mike and, and or it might have been uh, Bev and, and uh, the Donahues when they came, Mark and Bev Donahue. I'm not sure. I think it is. And they talked about their ministry in Paraguay and a very poor group of people. And, but they loved to sing. And they said their favorite song they love to sing every time they get together is this little song that says, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, all are written in his word sublime. Every promise in the book is mine. I want you to know something. As you enter into this new year, and if you determine you're going to grow in Christ, every promise in the book, my God shall supply all your needs. 
according to his riches in glory. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Fear not, for I am with you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And for I tell you, with God nothing shall be impossible. And I tell you again, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. And I tell you this, that greater things than I have done you will do and all of the promises of God everything that you could ever possibly be concerned about we should grow in our faith we should grow in our faith because God desires us to add to our faith he uses some words here moral excellence in a world that is filled with moral corruption what a beautiful thing it is to see people who are committed to moral excellence. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but I'm going to do it right the best I know how. And if I mess up, I'm going to do my best to make it right. I'm going to give myself to moral excellence and to knowledge and self-control. And then when I read this one, I thought, oh, I just wish he didn't put this one in here. Patient endurance and about patience, and, and my prayer is usually like this, Lord, I want patience and I want it now. And uh, that's usually the way it happens. But he teaches us, and about brotherly love, and then love for everyone. Then we should be concerned about it, because the more we grow, the more productive we will be in our ministry. Don't you want to be productive? Don't you get tired sometimes of just living a life that really doesn't have a strong purpose, that really doesn't make a difference? Oh, that God would help us to see the key to making a difference, the key to doing the things of God, the key to doing what God would have us to do is to grow in our faith. There are some reasons why Christians don't grow in their faith. I, I'm just going to hit these real quick. I'm not going to talk about them very long. And, but there are some reasons why Christians don't. My good friend John Maxwell wrote in his book, uh, The 15 Laws of Growth. My grandson said, why are there only 15 laws? I said, that's because that's all he could think of. I, I, I don't know why. But John put it in his book. And he said, most people don't grow because of what they call the assumption gap. I just think if I get older and I don't do anything different, I'm going to grow. That is not right. You only grow when you intentionally decide, I'm going to grow. You do not grow just because you pass from one year to the other. You grow when you intentionally say, by the grace of God, by the help of God, I am going to do something intentionally and on purpose to grow in my faith. That's when you grow. The other is what's called the knowledge gap. I don't know enough to grow. If not now, when? If not this, where? If not now, what will we do? You, nobody knows enough to grow. You start with where you are. That's why I love that, that, that video. Everyone who has got to where they are started from where they were. Every one of us. And there is called the timing gap. 
I don't think the time is right now. Well, when is the time going to be right? As the years slip by, I think next year is going to be a better year. Don't do that. Don't let it slip through your fingers. Don't let it slip through your hands. The timing gap says, well, it's just not the right time. I have to wait for that. No, you don't. Make a decision by the grace of God. I am going to make this year a great year. I'm going to become great in the sight of God. There are some that talk about the mistake gap. I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. Well, welcome to the real world. If you're not making many mistakes, you're not trying many things. If everything is just always good and, and everything's always solid and, and you never make a mistake, I can guarantee you right now, you're not taking many risks. My grandsons, uh, they spend a little time at Disney World just before Christmas, and my middle grandson takes after me, and uh, he doesn't like roller coasters and all that stuff. And uh, because his only family was there, he had to. And so he said he got in one place, and Kayla wouldn't know which one this is, somewhere in the dark, and said it took off so fast. He said, Papa, I thought I left my soul back there. <laughs> I said, were you able to breathe? He said, finally, I was able to breathe. Let me tell you what, if you haven't tried something that takes your breath away, if you haven't tried something that you're scared to death to do, you're not really striving for greatness. Do something out of your comfort zone this year. Do something that makes you afraid this year. Do something that makes you get out of that comfort zone that just sort of enslaves you and say, by the grace of God, I'm not going to just sit here. There's the perfection gap. I'm not going to start until everything's perfect. Let me tell you what. If you wait till then, you'll never start. It's not going to happen. The stars have to align, and everybody has to be in agreement, and, and everything has to happen. Then I will start. No. No. You have to start where you are. Or the inspiration gap. I love this one. I just don't feel like doing it. Oh, man. If everybody in the world only did what they felt like doing, we'd be in a sad shape. And someone said that the world is run by weary men and women who decide to get up and do it anyway, even when they don't feel like doing it. Amen. And that goes for coming to church. Amen. Let's give God praise for that. That's right. I don't feel like going today. Get up anyway. I think I told you my, my dad when I was in junior high, I had reached the age where I thought I could tell him what I wanted to do. Wrong decision, wrong assumption. And I remember laying in the bed in Columbus, and we were getting ready to come to Reeb Avenue, actually. And he came in and said, it's time to get up. And I may have told you this. Time to get up. I said, well, Dad, I don't think I'm going to go this morning. <laughs> oh, my dad just looked at me and smiled. He said, you don't have that choice. Just get up and go to, go to church. I got up and went to church. And uh, I mean, even when you don't feel, I don't feel like going today. Get up anyway. I don't feel like praying today. Pray anyway. I don't feel like reading my Bible. Pray anyway and read your Bible anyway. I don't feel like sharing my faith today. Share it anyway. I don't feel like trying to do anything today. I just want to sit down and eat worms because nobody likes me. That's, that's nasty. That's hard. But do it anyway. 
The comparison gap. Well, even if I try, I'm never going to be as good as so-and-so. Let me tell you what. God doesn't care about others. He only cares about you. He wants you to be your best self. And he wants you to grow. And the last one is the expectation thing. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. Yeah, it will. When you get up, and the snow's blowing, and you look out the window and you say, I don't feel like going today. You're going to remember me saying, go anyway. When you get up on Sunday morning or when you get up some morning and you're running late at work and you're saying, I don't feel like praying today. You're going to remember me saying, pray anyway. I don't feel like reading the Word today. I think I'd rather just do something else. Read it anyway. And that's the way that we grow. Well, last question, how can I grow in 2022? I'm going to give you four steps. You grow first by asking the right questions. You have to ask the right questions. Questions like this. What does God want me to do? Not what does the pastor, not what does the church, not does what someone else, what does God want me to do? What is God calling me to do? What is God leading me to do? What dreams has God put in my heart that have been covered up by failure and covered up by frustration and covered up and just saying in your heart it's never going to happen? What dreams has God put in your heart this morning? And it's been more than this morning. It's been for a long time. Why don't you go back to those dreams and brush them off a little bit and say, God, talk to my heart. I want to know what it means and, and how uh, we can do this. So we begin by asking the right questions. Secondly, growth occurs when we face our fears. There are fears we have of every kind. The fear of failure. The biggest reason in the world why 90% of all of God's people don't try to do something great for God is because they're afraid of failing. When you look through the scripture, and when you look through history, many, many, many people who have persevered and become great in the sight of men and great in the sight of God had to go through failures and difficulties and hardship. It is part of living. It is part of life. Don't be afraid of failure. Then they're afraid of security. Oh, I just like to feel comfortable. You can be comfortable or you can grow. But you can't be both. I want to say that again. You can be comfortable or you can grow. But you can't be both. And you have to make up your mind. We have great fears about finances. Oh, my. What will happen? I just want to tell you something as a church that you can rejoice in this morning. 
I talked to Miss Carolyn, and she told me that for our Advent offering, going to missions, our offering was over $1,000 for world missions. That's the largest we've had for a while. I think we ought to give God praise. And when we start giving to God, God does something fresh and new. And she told me, I couldn't hardly wait to see you this, till this morning because I want to tell you this, that our offering from December the 21st to December 30th was over $18,000 for one week. I tell you what, we need to give God praise. I, let me just put this in perspective. If we had an offering of 6000 Carolyn was happy. Is that right, Carolyn? That's right. When we had an offering of 18000 we almost have to carry her out of the room. Thank you. And we can rejoice. And the other thing that we worry about is, what are other people going to think? I tell you, I remember hearing a man preach at Mount of Praise camp meeting, and he was preaching from the text. His name was Lawrence B. Hicks. Never will forget it. And he was preaching from the camp meeting, and he was preaching uh, from the text, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. And he was preaching about that. And as he gave the invitation, the Lord began to talk to his own heart and said, I have something against you. I want you to go down and pray at your own altar. And he began to say, well, what will people think if I go down and pray at my own altar? I mean, people will think I'm backslid, or people will think something's wrong with me, or people, well, something's going to be wrong with me. And he said the Lord spoke to him and said, Lawrence B. Hicks, what does it matter what others think? If I say, I have somewhat against thee. And what does it matter what others think if I say, I am pleased with what you're doing and I am pleased in your life. What does it matter what other people think if we're going to do it and we're going to become great in the sight of God? Growth becomes real when we make a plan. Now this, this is where it gets down to the... Rubber hits the road here. Growth becomes real when we make a plan. Let me ask you this. I'm trying to work on this in my own life. What one thing could you do this year? Just one, not ten. One. To make your life better physically. Just one. What one thing could you do this year to make your life better intellectually? Not ten things, one thing. What one thing could you do to make your life better emotionally? What one thing could you do to make your relationships better and to, to uh, grow in your life and to make your life better relationally with people around you? And what one thing could you do to make your life better spiritually. Just one. I encourage you to think about it and pray about it between now and next week. The last thing that happens if we're going to make it great, number four, 
is that growth continues when we make the hard decision to do it now. Will you say that with me? Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Zig Ziglar, who was a great speaker in another day, spoke in the Dayton Arena, and I'll never forget it. And he said, if you want to really be a success in your life, if you want God to help you to become great, you've got to learn something. And he said, I want you to say this to yourself 50 times a day. Now, I didn't do it. That's why I'm not great. But uh, others did it, and they are. He said, I want you to say this until it becomes so ingrained in who you are. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now, 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 do it now. We all think, I'll do it tomorrow. No. Do it now. This is the first Sunday of the new year. Do it now. What if what would happen in our church? If we all decided we're just going to focus on one word, that word is great. What would happen if all of us decided this first Sunday of the new year, I want to become great in my faith. I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in my relationships. I'm tired of living lonely. I'm tired of living alone. I'm tired of not having other Christian people around me to where there is a sense of community and fellowship. What would happen if everyone who is in ministry would decide, I'm going to grow in my ministry. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to learn how to do it better. I'm going to learn how to do it more. I'm going to learn how to take my ministry, whatever it is, to the next level. I'm going to learn how to take my walk with God to the next level. What would happen if all of us decided I'm going to become great in my attitude? I want my attitude to be right. Sometimes my attitude last year has been terrible. I want God to give me an attitude of hope and faith and love. I want my attitude to be right. I want my attitude to see what God can do and looking forward to a new thing. What would happen if we all decided, I'm going to grow more in the teachings of Christ. I'm going to let His Word sink deeper into my heart than ever before. I'm going to grow more by learning and knowing and walking in the teachings of the Lord Jesus. With their heads bowed and eyes closed, would you take your connection card and I want you to look at it for just a moment. 
And I just want you to write down, but I don't want you to put it in front of me, but I want you to say that if you do, I want to be a great Christian in 2022. I want to be a great Christian. And if you don't mean it, don't put it there. But if you're saying in your heart, just write it down on the note section on the back side. I want to be a great Christian in the year 2022. I want to be great in the sight of the Lord. I would ask some of you today and one of the things that you're going to see that we're going to do in our church is we're going to become a little more intentional in evangelism. There's a lot of things that going on in my mind and heart. And we're going to become a lot more intentional. I want to ask you this question this morning. And I want you to be honest with yourself and with God. And this is the question. If you died today, do you have an assurance that you will go to heaven? If this was your last day on earth, do you have an assurance that God would receive you? With our heads bowed and eyes closed, everyone that would say, Pastor, I do have that assurance, and I just want to lift up my hand and say, thank God. I'm not perfect, but I'm trusting in God's grace. I do have an assurance I go to heaven. Would you slip your hands up and put them down? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. How many say, Pastor, I want to know that, but I don't. I'm not sure. And you just slip your hand up and put it down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come to you. I promise you that. I don't have that assurance, but I want to. I want to. Father, as we come before you this morning, and as people are filling out these commitment cards or connection cards, I pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon each one of them. Lord, help us as a church to determine, by the grace of God, we want to be great Christians. And we begin by growing. Lord, I make us great Christians until we understand what it means to grow in Christ. Make our church a great church that we grow not because we're just simply uh, trying to get people, but because people are lost and they need the Savior. Lord, there were a few hands that went up today that said they knew they had that assurance. There were a multiplied number of hands that were not lifted. And I don't know what all that's about. But Lord, I pray this morning that they may know what it means to come to the place of knowing that if they died this very day, that they have an assurance of going to heaven. Lord, we love you today. And we praise you. Will you stand with me very quietly and very reverently? And I want us to say from the deep of our heart, I want to be a great Christian. If you want to talk to any of us, any of the pastors that are here, any of the leaders that are here, I want to know 
we would love to sit down with you and lovingly help you come to that place of an assurance of going to heaven. Now, Lord, we believe you are an unstoppable God. Father, we thank you that there is nothing that is impossible with you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We adore you. And help us to make 2022 a great year. If you want to make 2022 a great year, let's give God praise. Give him praise. You may be seated as our ushers uh, get ready to uh, wait upon us. On the back of your bulletin today, you will see the events that are coming up. And there are a couple events I really want to mention to you. The first is that we had talked about having baptismal Sunday next week. Some that are being baptized can't be here. We're willing to uh, re reschedule that perhaps uh, to the first Sunday of February. But if you want to be baptized, let me know or let one of our leaders know, and we will schedule that next week. The 15th and 16th. How many of you know Dr. Doug Carter? Anybody know Dr. Doug Carter here? Oh, if you've never heard Doug Carter and my physician, Dr. Larry Frick, they're going to be here on Saturday morning and Sunday morning, and, and we're thinking about a Sunday night service to talk about becoming great, a great church around the world. You don't want to miss this, and I think we're going to broadcast it uh, to churches all over the country, so you'll want to be a part of that. And then on the 23rd, Eric Herod. Back over here. Eric, hold your hand up a little bit. I asked him if he wanted to preach. He said, I never did that. I said, it's time to learn. He said he would. He's going to preach on the 23rd. He's going to talk to you. Yeah, that's good. He's going to talk to us about finding God and finding freedom and finding fulfillment. And, and, and it's good. It's going to be good. And then on the 30th, we're hoping to have a ministry fair. You don't even know what that is, some of you, where all of you can look at different ministries and say, this is what I would like to do for God this year. It's going to be a great year, really. Turn someone and say, it's going to be a great year. Going to be a great year. Amen. Father, thank you for this offering. Bless those who give, those who have not to give, and thank you for your provision for our church. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.
God bless you and be dismissed and have a happy new year and make it a great year. And donuts and coffee and fellowship over here. Please do that. It's that time.